1: Well, the Canadian Medical Association is renewing calls for a better focus on a vaccine certificate system. Now you'll remember just last week the CMA outlined a four-pillar policy roadmap it would, that it said it would like to see whomever forms the next government take a really close look at. And one of those pillars is developing a vaccine passport system for international travel and deploying a domestic vaccine certificate program instead we are seeing you know some provinces put a certificate system in place others are not ontario announced one today and the cma says that's leading to confusion it's leading to uh inequities dr catherine smart is the president of the cma welcome back to the show Thanks for having me. All right. We're talking today about uh, vaccination passport systems or vaccination certificates. And it's something that um, the CMA outlined. I think it was just last week uh, when we talked last. And it was one of the four pillar policies. It was one of the pillars in the four pillar policy roadmap that was outlined that you wanted whichever government, um, you know, takes up um, yeah, position in Ottawa to take a close look at. And one of the things was talking about, you know, developing a vaccine vaccine passport system, a domestic vaccine passport or certificate program. What we're seeing now is really a piecemeal operation across the country, and that has the CMA concerned. Why is that?
0: Well, I think throughout this pandemic, we've seen the real challenge of not having a consistent approach across provinces. And now that we're talking about something like a vaccine certificate, which is clearly an effective tool in driving up vaccination rates in communities, again, we're looking at provinces striking out on their own to perhaps use a certificate or not. And, you know, the worry is, of course, us ending up with a patchwork of different types of certificates across the country that are inconsistent and limit the interoperability for Canadians as they want to move you know across the provinces and territories
1: yeah i mean and that is one of the things um well there's a couple of things that you you brought up we saw in bc when um the uh the certificates uh were announced last week that the vaccination rates jumped dramatically in the past in the in the recent uh, seven eight nine days and i think people are just realizing okay we're going to need to do this to do the things that we want to do
0: Absolutely. And, you know, I think what we all have to remember is part of living with other people means making decisions that benefit everybody. Um, I think sometimes people get overly focused on their personal freedoms and forget that the choices we make every day impact our neighbours and the people around us. Vaccine certificates are a tool to encourage people that have maybe been hesitant or holding back to get vaccinated so that they're able to fully participate in the social life of their communities, which of course is what all of us are craving as we move out of lockdowns and into this next phase of the pandemic. As you said, you know, what we saw in B.C. was a 200% increase in new appointments for vaccination when the certificate was announced. Quebec has also seen a huge spike in uptake of vaccine. What's happening in the other provinces without certificates? We're seeing a leveling off of new appointments and in some places a decline. So the impact is clear and it's clearly one of the most important tools we have in combating this this pandemic is increasing vaccination rates. So from our perspective, it's really time to get on with it and be coordinated in our
1: and Dr. Catherine Smart he is the president of the Canadian Medical Association. We've seen a reluctance by the provinces to, um, you know, develop a vaccination certificate here in Alberta. We've been told through an app, uh, it's called My Digital ID, that there's going to be a little form that we can print off that will show our vaccination status. And I think the concern is, is what does that mean <laughs> when we want to travel internationally or possibly, um, you know, you know, between provinces? province if we need to show some sort of certification that we've been vaccinated will that be accepted everywhere and to me that is one of the reasons why I think that this should be um, you know almost a a federal program I know it's difficult because health falls under the the provincial provincial, you know tier but to me this is a lack of action on the federal government's part I would like to see uh, more movement from
0: from it Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think this is a clear area where federal leadership makes sense. Um, we've seen signals from the federal government that they're offering some funding. You know, they are have talked about requiring vaccination for domestic travel on airlines, trains, et cetera. Um, so I think this is an opportunity for the federal government to step up and provide leadership in this space so that it moves forward in a way that makes sense and is consistent.
1: Dr. Smart, uh, you know, we are seeing numbers rise in uh, provinces uh, across the country, certainly here in Alberta when it comes to COVID-19 and the Delta. A variant. Um, how concerned is the CMA right now with with what is going on with some of these rising numbers and um, and, and, and concerns for your members as well?
0: Oh, we are extremely concerned. As you said, you know, what's happening in Alberta right now is is really very scary. Over 10% of tests coming back positive. Uh, You know, huge rise in hospitalizations, ICUs filling up, hospitals diverting patients to other areas, elective surgeries again being cancelled. And this is on a background of huge burnout amongst healthcare professionals who are now entering this fourth wave, physicians, nurses, respiratory therapists, who are again being called on to rise above and care for these overflowing units with people that at this point are presenting with a disease that was entirely preventable and that is I think a really scary position to be in and I'm really concerned that politics are getting in the way of science-based decision making you know this fourth wave does not need to be having the impact that it's having but we're, we are where we are because we aren't seeing our leaders step forward with consistent public health policies.
1: We are seeing mask mandates uh, putting place back in BC starting uh, this Friday in Edmonton they will be um they'll be uh, needed to be worn in in all uh in all facilities it's uh, and we're seeing other communities around the region looking at doing the same or considering having those conversations school boards are um you know, changing their minds about the mask mandates as they're heading back uh, to, to school. What's the CMA stand on on the mask mandate on mask mandates right now?
0: I think it's very clear that masking is a powerful tool for decreasing the spread of COVID. You know, so we've absolutely come out in support of indoor masking, particularly in schools, as we have huge groups of children heading back to school unvaccinated um you know and with the rising spread of delta variant which is much more contagious you know we can't at this point afford i don't think to stop using any of the tools in the toolbox there's no one magic bullet against covid we need to layer protection vaccination obviously a very strong tool but it needs to be layered with other things like masking and i think it's amazing to see these different groups step forward making these decisions to protect people things like city governments, school boards, uh, private organizations. But I think the real question is, why are we not seeing that leadership from our elected politicians? You know, the science isn't really a debatable. We know what works. and, And what we're really asking for is let's stay the course and get people through this wave
1: before i let you go international opioid awareness day and we certainly know that that is another crisis that communities across this country uh, are facing i i'm i'm wondering um where the cma is on that right now and what it would like to see be done to help to help uh, turn this crisis around. I mean, there's a lot going on in healthcare, in health uh, across the country right now, and then this one as well. It's getting attention, but I'm not sure it's getting the attention it deserves.
0: Absolutely. I, I think you're highlighting, you know, what is a huge challenge in the healthcare space. There's so many things competing for our attention, and so many different groups of patients that have been marginalized for so long. COVID is dominating the conversation, of course, right now and it is an emergency that's impacting everyone. But the opioid crisis is right up there. We know there's been so many Canadian lives lost to opioids and drug overdoses. We do not have adequate supports for people struggling with addiction. Again, it's another area where politics has really made it difficult to lead with evidence-based interventions that keep mm-hmm. people safe and help people towards recovery. Um, and this is another area where I think we really need to turn our attention. There's so many aspects of our healthcare system right now that need You know, need help and need the financial and supports to in order to really serve patients and help more Canadians live a healthy life.
1: Dr. Catherine Smart is the president of the Canadian Medical Association. Always appreciate our conversations. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. Thanks, Jalen.